The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. another episode of history creeps no that's odd Uh uh-uh how bizarre it may be bizarre but that's not what this is this is an all-new show this is a brand new show myself chris chavez and johnny townsend are bringing to you a true crime show did we decide on the name of the show? I think I wanted to call it something, but I don't know if we decided on it. Are we going to keep it? They would have got away with it. I agreed with it. Yes. Beautiful. So there you go, yeah. folks. We decided on the very first episode of they would have got away with it. The title. So thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, Chris, I, I wanted to share with you since I do honestly consider you one of my closest friends. I have decided after 37 years on this earth that, I am officially a uh, contrarian. So whatever you say, uh, well, actually, unless you're not okay with that. Are you okay with that? I mean, I'm going to go with whatever you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% great with that. Okay. I mean, I'm not. I'm officially <laughs> not a contrarian. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, we decided, uh, of course, you know, that true crime, we've kind of dabbled on it a little bit with history creeps a little bit, and that's odd. Yeah. But we really wanted to focus on it uh, at times, and this is a show to do that. And on top of that, we both agreed, and I'm, I'm with you on this, we wanted to do ones that were uh, that had an ending to them. There's a, yeah. uh, they were solved, or there's actual answers uh, for the most part. Uh, because I don't know about you, but those ones that are unsolved, they're, they're – obviously fascinating they're also maddening yes they're they can keep you up at night they're the ones that kind of you know every once in a while they come back to you somehow and you're like man did they ever figure this out and it it does it can be very maddening especially if you involve yourself in these things um we talked about it on history creeps and that's on that uh that documentary i'll be be gone in the dark did you end up watching uh finishing it Yes, yes, I watched all six episodes. Very, very good. Very but well. How done. maddening was it that she involved that much time into it and never got the answer? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and she was right there too. Uh, I mean, it's... literally. It, I mean, I don't remember the exact timeline, but it was really a short period of time from where she actually passed away to when they actually arrested somebody for it. So yeah, I feel like it was only a few years. It wasn't much at all. It was like maybe five at the most, three to. F- Three or it's five, less than five like less Was than five two or three yeah. then yeah something like that um but yeah dude like when you can't you don't have an answer it's something that humans as a whole you know it's our, our brains don't like that we want to have some sort right. of conclusion right it, it just works that way so yeah. we said with this show we want to make sure we focus on these stories because again we like to kind of wrap it up uh and say okay well this has been taken care of and uh, we can kind of cleanse ourselves from that and move on um so yeah this is they would have got away with it. It is our new true crime line, if you will, the new show under the History Creeps 
banner, um, Johnny, you want to tell the good creepers at home what they're listening to today? Yeah, we're going to be discussing BTK today, the bind, torture, and kill killer, serial killer out in good old Wichita, Kansas. Um, this is a pretty big one. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. We both did a lot of, uh, uh, of research into this one. Um, man, the thing that I struggle with is that this Mr. Dennis Raider or Radar, whatever you want to call him, uh, he obviously loves the sound of his own voice. He is in love with himself to the point that it is, I mean, even if he wasn't a, a, a vile, disgusting, quote-unquote human being, uh, even if not for that, just for his personality, I'd, I would hate this guy. So, yeah, as part of research, I watched uh, three different documentaries, and the there's a 45-minute a video on YouTube of his full confession in court. I watched that as well. Yes, which I uh, do not recommend, by the way. I ugh, do not recommend it. It no. is awful. Uh, and I read a few articles, but in reference to what you're saying, uh, if you decided to watch this, you know, court thing, yeah, definitely. You can tell this guy is so matter of fact, the way he just speaks, like it's just not a big deal. Like, like yeah. the, the, the judge will be saying something to him and he'll be like, you know, yeah, well, you know, well, obviously, this is what I would have done. And there's one point where he talks about that if, because he had forgotten some of his supplies, that if he had had them, that both had been, would have been dead or the, whatever the case was. And he's like, that's not bragging. That's just a matter of fact. I was like, this dude, like, how are you that cold? How are you just yeah. that disconnected? Yeah, and we'll get to it. But I also watched quite a few documentaries, and there's a really, really good, fascinating one that 2020 did. Yes. Uh, where it's, the daughter of BTK is kind of the focus of it. And that was very fascinating to me. And even on um, the, uh, the Michelle um, McNamara mm -hmm. thing, yeah, uh, where well, they're trying to catch the Golden State killer uh, on the last episode, they actually do go to a couple of people who were related to uh, the Golden State killer. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, you could just see their souls were crushed mm -hmm. by, yeah, by this and i couldn't even imagine if it was somebody that you knew that you had like what if it was somebody that you knew that you Dude. had really high thoughts and feelings about and what then if you some, find this out what, what if right now in the middle of us doing this there's a knock at your door and they're coming to arrest your dad because dna matches and he legit yeah. didn't stuff like that in the past like that would just break you you'd be like what yeah. that doesn't make any sense i wouldn't know how to handle it honestly uh and don't get me wrong by far the most uh feelings and and support should go to the victims of it yeah but i can't help but feel awful for those people who were family members of these monsters his who wife had no did. idea yeah, yeah his and, wife just had a breakdown was just complete yeah. shock yeah I, I don't even know how you deal with that you gotta have a lot of strength yeah um, yeah um so i think we should get into right you start from the beginning and and uh make our way through the k you know basically what is the story of the btk killer yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about his childhood, yeah. first of all. Yeah, uh, so Dennis Rader was born March 9th, 1945. Uh, he was born in Pittsburgh, Kansas, and grew up in Wichita. By all accounts, you know, what we'd, we'd heard, a lot of what I heard and saw in these documentaries was that he was a normal kid. Like, family members, cousins said that he was a normal kid. Um, but there was a friend that said that there was this weird thing about him that he used to like to torture turtles. Like, he'd grab turtles down by the little creek bed when all the kids are out there playing. And then he'd, like, 
tie them up with, uh, you know, uh, put a noose around their necks and just hang them and watch them die. Just watch them die. Um, you know, this was something he kept hidden, though. Not many people knew this. I think there was like one or two kids that had seen that. Or, or uh, other than that, everybody, all accounts and purposes said he had a normal upbringing, a normal childhood. Yeah, but isn't that kind of a, well, I mean, that's one of the golden signs, right, of somebody who's going to have some quote-unquote issues later on is yeah. somebody who is uh, abusive toward animals when they're younger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, that's usually a telltale sign that there's, you know, something's not clicking right upstairs. Yeah. Uh, he would he would attend end up attending Kansas Wesleyan University after high school. Uh, while he was there, the other thing I saw, which fa uh, I found fascinating, was that he enrolled in a lot of criminal justice classes, uh, specifically to can to learn about the psyche of you know killers, criminals, uh, and basically how the law law enforcement goes about trying to track them and and you know figure out who they are. I kind of think that was part of it for sure, but to me, the other part of it is that he has an obvious case of wanting to be in control. Like, that's a big thing for him. It's obvious. And who is more in control than a police officer? I mean, you have a lot of control in that. I mean, even later on, we'll get to it. He gets a job uh, that gives him some control, and that's kind of oh, yeah. when some of the, kill the, the killings sort of uh, subside a little bit during that. And that's because yeah. he's getting his fix of control. That's, um, that's kind of how he, and I mean, this in ever since, gets off. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, literally. Uh, he so, would, yeah, he would end yeah. up dropping out um, because, you know, mediocre grades. And he ended up uh, getting into the military. 1966 to 1970, he was in the United States Air Force. Uh, after being discharged, he moved to Park City, uh, where he ended up meeting a woman um, at a supermarket that, uh, who was a, a bookkeeper. And he ended up marrying her, Paula Dietz, in 1971. Um, yeah, they say, you know, he, he had a few, other, like you said, he had, he had jobs here. He had kids. He had a, a son. He had a daughter. Um, he held down a few jobs, one of which was ADT security services. Like the, he was literally in yes. people's homes. That's scary. Imagine. Right? Yeah. That's really scary. Dude. Uh, I actually, I actually have a friend who lives in, well, she used to, she lives in Wichita or lived in Wichita. And she told me that, um, She's a waitress at a restaurant and this guy came in. He would come in there all the time with his family and they never knew anything about it. Like he just came in like a, a regular dude yeah. uh, with his, with his wife and kids and just seemed normal as all good out. Yeah. I should have said before that he worked for Coleman company. He was big into camping cause he was a, a scout leader, you know, yeah, that'll come he, into play. Yeah. His you know? son was in, in one of the troops and he was the scout leader. Uh, so he worked for Coleman company for a while. Then he ended up working for ADT between, and here's the thing between 1974 and 1988. So that year immediately, uh, you know, upon having this job where you're entering into people's lives is, is just, yeah. When you hear everything else we're about to get into crazy to think of uh, in 91, yeah. this is the one you were talking about. 1991, he became a dog catcher and compliance officer in Park right. city um, where by all accounts, he took this job. He was literally the Dwight Schrute of his department. Oh, even I'd say even more so because Dwight is sort of lovable in a way. Uh, oh, have you seen this Super guy, Troopers? Yes. He's Farva. He's, he's yes. the dispatcher yes. Farva. <laughs> yes. Literally, like it's uh, – I think there's one story where this dog was outside of its pen or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And it's just Off a little leash. minor thing. Most people would just be like, hey, you need to get your dog inside the pen. And that or would help been, the dog in. Like, here, yeah. come on, buddy. Get in the, yeah. get in the, far, the yard. And that's the end of it, but not with this guy. Uh-uh. Uh, he, he went all the way to court with this thing. He wanted to tranquilize the animal. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, he, he gave the lady a, 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 a fine and she decided to take it to court to fight it because she thought it would just get thrown out. Right. Uh, and the thing, I think you, you watch the same documentary as me, they were talking about how, um, you know, he gets to court and he's got like notebooks and files and paper where he oh, literally yeah. spent four days building a case, photographs of the dog, all this yeah. like, like, what is with this? And there you go. It's the control. He didn't like that. He had control when he told her, you have to pay a ticket. When there was a chance she could get out of it because the judge is going to say, come on, this is just this. Yeah. He went out, he went all out because he didn't like it. Yeah. And pictures is a big thing for him. And we'll come back to that too. Yeah. But uh, also right before we start getting into this uh, all heavy and stuff, uh, of course there's a warning. If you don't know anything about BTK, um, I'm sure we won't get super graphic, but his crimes are very graphic. Yeah, they're graphic. And they they involve, are disturbing. And they involve children at times. Yeah. So just know that going in, it's not fun to talk about at all. Yeah, this is uh, definitely a trigger warning episode. Yes. Uh, I'll definitely make sure I write stuff in the in the notes for it too, so uh, you know people are yes, aware. But yes. but we are letting you know before we really get into what's what he did. Uh, yeah, but my favorite thing about this whole thing uh, yeah. is that this guy thinks he's the smartest man to ever live and how he gets caught is by far one of the dumbest things oh, I've ever is, heard. I know. It's and the it's, most and amazing it's, thing. Yeah. And it's incredible. It's, it's the, it's the Mwah! to your, uh, to whatever you just came out of the oven for you. Right. Like you're just, yeah. this guy's doing all this stuff. And he honestly, for being fair and honest, he has been really smart. I mean, he's cutting phone lines. He's, he's really planning these, these terrible, horrible things out, but how he gets caught, uh, is the dumbest thing you could possibly how stupid uh, can you be when it comes to this and that's i, I feel it's like that great. should be a, a running theme in and they would have got away with it is is uh is, is at the end of the year or something we'll have a you know the dumb the dumbest way these people got caught <laughs> yes. like like they will have a top five on yeah. the dumbest way people i feel like he'll btk is just going to be the, the top one oh he'll um, be up there for sure yeah all right so let's get into it let's just uh, let's just remember uh the timeline here um an important thing was that Raider got married in 1971. The first incident's not going to happen until 19, 1974, but there were some things, I don't know if you saw it on what you were watching, Johnny, but one of the, uh, a few years before he was married, uh, I think it was college or just out of high school, he became very infatuated with, with the girl and was kind of stalking her, and she had to get a, a, um, an order of protection against him to keep him away. So there's already yes. this kind of weird thing yeah. about him, uh, but he gets married in 1971, and you know, is happy, you know, with his wife. And then 1974 comes around and Johnny, you've got the timeline. Yeah. So 1974, we're going to January 15th. It's a cold, a cold day. Uh, and, and also keep in mind, he would stalk these people first. Yes. Like he really planned this out. He didn't just, uh, this wasn't random for him. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me make, let me make a point on that because in the, in the confession video in court, he's, he, he speaks about how serial killers work in the, like he's taught, like he's, he's educating the court system. You know what I mean? And he talks about that. Uh, a lot of times what'll happen is the trolling part where they just state you, you'll drive around just kind of looking and looking and looking. And then as soon as you zero in on somebody that, you know, you, you see them and you're like, okay, that's who, you know, this is who grabs my attention then you become the stalker. You start to follow, start to, you know, do things like get in their house and come out just to get a feel for what they're doing uh, until you finally, you know, perpetrate whatever act it's going to be. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he was, he was driving around for a while. He, I feel like this wasn't this one of the people. No, he didn't know these people. No, he didn't know them. Okay. Uh, 
he he went into this thinking that he was only going to have to deal with two people, right? A woman yeah. and her and her small kid. Yeah. Okay, that's um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so January 15th, 1974, uh Joseph o- o- Otero who wasn't supposed to be home, but he had actually had a car accident mm-hmm. and he was injured. And that's why he was home. Uh, and his wife, Julie, um, and they and the two of their kids. I think they had three other kids besides that, but they were at school. Two other kids. Yeah. They had two other kids. Four, okay, four yeah. in total. Yeah. So yeah. they had, a, so, uh, there was a, a 15 year old girl or 13 year old girl. Um, and I forgot the age of the son. He was much younger, like eight or five, seven or something like that. Right. Eight or nine. Yeah, something like they were obviously school age, and the other ones were yeah. not. I'm having some issues with my mic here. I <laughs> know oh, you're good. You're good. Yeah, the other two children. One was 15, and I forgot the, the age of the second one. Were still at school at the time, um, but the 13 year old girl and and the younger son were here at home with Julie and the father. Um, and yeah, the, I guess the story is is that he'd already been kind of scoping it out. He'd already known. He had, oh, that's what it was. Uh, just driving around at one point, he saw Mrs. Ortero and the daughter, uh, Josephine, the 13-year-old, walking down the sidewalk one day and just decided this is who I was going to go for. So he watched them enter their house and knew which house it was. So on this day, like Johnny says, it's cold. He makes his way uh, towards their house. Uh, I believe it was in the like daylight. It wasn't evening or anything. It was in the middle of the day or in the afternoon, right? Yeah, it wasn't the middle of the day. So, yeah, it's the middle of the day. He makes his way to the back of the house. And like you said earlier, um, one, of, one of his MOs, right, the modus operandi, was that he would cut the phone lines. And back in the right. day, uh, for, the, for you kiddie, uh, kid creepers out there who may not know, you know, there were such things as phones with wires that went right into the house, the wall, uh, that came out the other side, outside, and, you know, connected to the, the, the phone lines. Uh, so he would cut that so that they'd have no, no signal at all from inside the house, basically. Right. Right. And we'll get to a case like not too far from this one where he forgets to do that and actually saves a couple kids lives. But, uh, it, but this one, he, he walks in, he's only expecting to see the wife and one of the little kids and he's surprised there's more there. So he ties up the husband first. Mm-hmm. He goes after the big threat first, I guess, is the way he looked at it. Well, he pulled a gun. Remember, he brings he, yeah. he brings this bag with with bindings and all kinds his of stuff. Kit. Or what, yeah, his, what did he call it? Did he call it his kit? He called it something, something like kit. that. Yeah, the something kit. I forgot what it was called. But, yeah, it had, yeah. like, bindings, tape, uh, plastic bags, and he had a, a, a pistol, a, a gun. And so he right. points, points the gun and basically tells them it's a robbery. He's saying, you know, he's, he's an escaped convict. He's just hungry. He wants some money and stuff. He wants their car. Um and then ends up shuffling them all into the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. And just horrific things go on from there. He kills the husband first, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, he does. He binds them. Um, and then he puts the bag over the head and, and, you know, and he, in, in his confession, he talked about, he'd never strangled anyone before. So he didn't know how long it would take. And so he's trying to yeah. strangle them with these wires. And when they pass out, he assumes they're dead. Uh, and then so as he makes his way down each, each of the children, uh, by the time he gets to the other, you know, the father wakes up again and he has to go back. And this time he does kill him. He strangles him to death. Yeah. Can you, Strang- could you imagine? No, dude, like, I couldn't even imagine that is what just, that feels like. Yeah. That's just awful. I mean, what if you're, you're watching one of your loved ones that's happening to him and you know, you're going to be uh, next. I can't, I couldn't just, even yeah, fathom I couldn't that. Even that. I couldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. He ends up strangling the wife as well, killing her. Um, 
he strangled the daughter and she passed out. And then he, you know, let the kid suffer. He took the kid into a different room and, uh, you know, put the bag over his head and let him suffocate to death. Yeah, but she, the little girl, the girl was his, up. was also his, you could tell was his main target this whole time too. And yeah. she was, she was young. Yeah, uh, but take, yeah, he ends up taking her downstairs to the basement and tying her and hanging her up yep. and doing, and doing some sexual things down there. Yeah. Well, um, the thing it, is, is, and this was something they pointed out is he never touched them in that way. He, right. he really, he relieved himself, let's say. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because the, the evidence was found uh, on the basement floor easily. Right. Um, right. But yeah. yeah, she was, she died. And they, the sad thing they said is that the way she, she was hung was just like with only inches from her feet from the floor. Like it wasn't like right. it was, you know, what, a, what is just, it's, it's horrific, dude. It really is. And it's, um, and it's literally just a pipe that everybody has in their basement. If you have a basement, yeah. you have one of these pipes. Yeah. Uh, one of the documentaries actually takes you to the actual basement. Yeah, I saw that it's one. A, so it's just, a, I mean, it's just a normal looking pipe in a basement. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so he does all this and he, he gets away with it. Yeah, he and, goes around the house and cleans up, takes a, yeah. a radio and the, uh, Mr. Rotero's watch and yeah. leaves the house. That's another, that's another thing with him. He always takes little souvenirs. Yep. All uh, so he's of one stuff. of those. A lot yeah. of times it's underwear or, or undergarments of the women, but you know, this right. time, he, and he says he doesn't know why, but he took the watch and the, maybe to make it look like a robbery. And it, you know, because who knows what you're feeling like right after you've done something like, I don't even know. Right. But, uh, but he just kind of goes back home, um, you know, gets washed for dinner, sits down to dinner with his wife and his kids. Yeah. And like, like everything's okay. No big deal. Nothing's happened today. How was your day, honey? Yeah. Oh, you know, just the same old, same old type of thing. Just, it's, yeah. And it's how sick. awful. I couldn't even, honestly, I think what's even worse is thinking about those older kids when they get home from school. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, oh man, it's just awful. Uh, but the only reason that uh, BTK even comes about, mm-hmm. uh, that they know that he, this is guy did it, is because three people confessed to this killing, yeah. these killings. But they're not the oh. ones who did it. Yeah, right before this happens, though, he does something else. I think it's like April something, 1974. He ends up killing. He he followed. This one went wrong. This is the one that went completely wrong, where he followed the one girl from the college girl home. Catherine um, Bright. Yes. Ends up going into her place. Her bro- or she No, he already snuck in there, into her place, cut the phone lines, was hiding, waiting for her. Uh, she walks in, and she had her brother with him. He wasn't yes. expecting that. So there's a yes. struggle. He ends up shooting the brother in the head, memory, and the brother just drops. He he gets shot twice or something like that because he it's thinks insane. he's dead each time. And this this guy somehow lives. Yeah. Uh, but then he turns his attention to his main target this whole time. Yeah. And while he's killing her, I think he ends up actually. I think she actually dies because he stabs her. Yeah. He stay well. Yeah. He starts to try to do what he normally does. You know, bind her yeah. up and do what he wants to. The brother comes to and tries to you know struggle and fight again, and he gets shot. Again, in the head. yeah, uh, and he ends up just kind of running out of the house, and so that freaks out uh, Ben Schrader, right? He freaks out. He ends up stabbing the girl, uh, and then he he says it in his own words that he expected to walk it because he walked out of the front of the house and saw the guy just running down the street, and just he was expecting, okay, any moment now the cops are going to come. I'm done. I screwed up. Like this is the biggest screw up he ever had. First of yeah. all, he forgot his his entire kit. Um, all he had was the gun on him. You know what I mean? So. Um, this was the one that he said, you know, you know, if I'd had my, my kit, they would have both been dead. And it's not a brag. It's, it's a matter of fact. Well, but all in, I mean, honestly, that the brother's lucky. Yeah. He's lucky as is. 
because he was definitely was it was a shoot to kill two times and he yeah. was just lucky. Uh, but he runs out to get help, and but the police uh, they couldn't really rely on his mm-hmm. his information because the dude had head trauma. I mean, yeah. he'd been shot in the head twice. I mean, how do you yeah. not have head trauma from that? It's, I don't even under I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Man. But yeah, so these two things happen. They're not really, you can't tie them together because, you know, this this time she wasn't, she was stabbed, this guy was shot. So you can't tie them together. And then what you were just saying, the next thing that happens is these three guys confess to the Otero murders. Yeah. He doesn't like that. No, he doesn't. See, this is one of his, his things too. This is how, this is why I started this off with saying this guy is so freaking full of himself. It's ridiculous. Uh, he couldn't just let it lie. He could have literally got away with it. This yeah. horrible thing. He could have gotten away with it. They would have never suspected him. They would have kept these three guys and everything. But no, he just could not allow that. His ego could not allow that. So he actually ends up uh, writing a letter to the newspa- to the local newspaper. And but he doesn't send it to him. No, no. He tells him where to find it. He plays a game now because this yeah. is going to be fun. He's going to make – he wants to show everybody – not only how scary he is, but how smart he is. So he's going to right. play a, a cat and mouse game uh, with the news and with the, the authorities. Uh, yeah. He ends up hiding it in the library in a book. Yeah, I think it's like an engineering book or something. Yeah. Like Some yeah, yeah, really yeah. boring book that nobody would ever check out. Look at how smart I am. Yeah. I'm in this section and this is where I hide it. Yeah. Uh, well, I also think he just picked like an engineering book because who's going to check that book out? Yeah. You know, it's not me, I'll tell you that much. Uh, but uh, so they go and they find the letter. Mm-hmm. And they read it, and they know for a fact that this guy is it because he gives so many little details. He describes the entire thing. He like yeah. he describes how he murdered them, what their body positions were, what they were wearing. I don't know if you read any of these letters. There's even where even them. where he left the little girl's glasses. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's sickening. But yeah, very very much so. It's the birth of BTK because that's where the name comes from. Oh man, that's the other part that made me roll my freaking eyes. First of all, you never give yourself a nickname, right? Like Let that's the just, media that's just, do that. Yeah, that's just not allowed, first of all. But second of all, that wasn't he suggested nicknames. Do you remember this? It yeah. wasn't just BTK. He gave like a whole oh, line that's of, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like pick one of these type of deal. Yeah. Uh, oh my so ugh, man. I my I could not have rolled my eyes even harder if I was a teenage girl at that point. That was just <laughs> beyond ridiculous. Uh just how full of himself this guy is. Uh but yeah, it which I kind of think makes his downfall so much sweeter, even. Yeah, but yeah. So, um, but here's the other weird thing about B- BTK: how he's kind of unlike unlike other serial killers, and that's that he would take long breaks, long stretches of breaks where he wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't show up. He wouldn't contact the media or any of this stuff. He would just there'd be silence. Yeah. So the first uh, the first break there that happens from '74 to whenever this next one is, they say is because of the birth of his son, his first right. child. Oh, I'm yep. sorry, the daughter or the son? Which one's it's one of the kids? I don't yeah, remember. I think, I think the daughter's the, the older one, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, it's the birth of the daughter. And so it's kind of that, you know, he's kind of busy at the moment. You know, so he's, he's fulfilling all different other sides of his life. And later on, um, he, there was something that he talks about that he, he likes to call it like cubing. Do you hear this thing? And compartmentalizing. So like in his mind, yeah. if you look at a cube, there's faces on one side. And if you take all his different faces, whether it's Boy Scout troop leader or father or husband or killer, he could switch that cube, be that face and switch it back to the other one and be completely fine. So 
it's, it must have just been this thing where he was able to compartmentalize and keep that face to the back for a while because all these other ones had to face forward. Uh, but then, yeah, you know, a few years go by and, you know, no one's talking about him. So, yeah. So uh, it's a three-year span of where nobody hears from him because uh, it's not until March 17th, 1977, where uh, he actually strangles and kills Shirley uh, Van or Vian yeah. uh, in her home. And uh, and then he actually follows it up because this is in the same year in December of eighth. Nancy Fox is found strangled and dead at her home as well. And the reason that this one stands out is because he actually he felt that nobody would find her in a, in a decent amount of time because she lived alone. Mm-hmm. So he called and yeah. reported it himself. He called this his perfect murder. This was the yeah. most perfect one. This this one fulfilled his fantasy the way he saw it in his head in that, you know, he had sought her out. He had seen her getting her mail one day or something like that and thought, you know what, this is the next target. Started kind of following her, seeing her patterns. Uh, one night she goes out to dinner with friends. They drop her off at home. He'd already cut the power lines or this, the phone line had broken into the back of the house. So, she, you know, she wouldn't know. Uh, was waiting for her. And then the same thing, you know, he, he tied her up, did what he needed to do, um, ended up killing her, you know, by suffocation uh, and the bag thing over the head uh, and left in the dark of the night without anyone knowing. And you're right. It's one of those things where it's like it ate him alive to think, man, no one's going to notice yet. I need yeah. people to know it and start putting two and two together. I need them to call me BTK. Um, so, yeah, it's like what you said. The very next day he goes to a payphone and calls the police 911 and you can listen to the 911 call it's on it's online there's all a lot of this stuff's online now man this yeah. was the 70s so there's all these kinds of recordings and videos uh, but yeah he says you know there's a homicide at this address uh and then he says her name her name's Nancy Fox and then he just hangs up um, and they said they sent they sent police there like they they traced the call immediately and then sent police there but it was like 3 minutes 4 minutes later and it yeah, wasn't was enough time gone. yeah he was already gone yeah uh and then uh, did you see this uh Actually, one of the documentaries I watched actually read a part of it. But on January 31st in 78, he actually sends a poem Yeah. Uh, to the local newspaper. And it is just gross and awful. Yeah, he's just uh, – it's, it's about Nancy, right? Is yeah, that the one? it's not yeah. even good. Like, no. even if this wasn't based on a real horrible thing, it's just not good. Yeah. Uh, here's another thing about his letters is he's not the best when it comes to typos and spelling. He doesn't check that stuff. He just yeah, sends his it. Auto, his autocorrect wasn't working. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, and there's actually a point, and this happens later on, but I'm going to say it now or I'll forget, where he claims that he, uh, he and his wife were talking about these killings because this is when it had become public and the police had said this is happening. They're actually reprinting these letters in the newspaper. And she was reading one of the letters out loud, and he was like, thinking am i gonna to have to kill her today or something like that oh but then God. he was like but then but then he, but then she was she never brought it up again and never said anything about it so he's like oh okay i guess i'm fine oh so, my god dude yeah. that is yeah. insane that's nuts but yeah this poem you can find this poem i don't feel like finding it and reading it yeah. it's it's not worth it but it's it's in moxer it's 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 just yeah it's disgusting awful. it's, a, it's yeah. a horrible thing yeah uh, but then uh that's followed up uh like really not too long after that just like a week or so after that uh february 10th a letter from him is sent to is this called cake tv is this what they're called yeah k-a-k-e uh, is the call letter so they just call themselves cake tv which is funny 
Yeah. Yes. I was but like, apparently, okay, just decided not to be. I mean, maybe professional be like K A K E T V, you know. But they're like, yeah, we're cake. We're yeah. Gonna, we're gonna embrace it. Well, you might as well, right? Uh, I mean, Have your cake rem- and eat it too. Yeah, people will remember it, and that's apparently the station he would watch. So yeah. uh, that's who would start sending letters to. And this is where he took uh, responsibility and claimed that he had killed these women as well as uh, another unnamed victim. That's also the thing. We have these confirmed ones, mm-hmm. but there's also like a couple because he would say numbers and it would have more than what we knew. I mean, yeah. but it wouldn't be a lot more. It'd be like one or two more yeah. uh, that, were, that were unaccounted for. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I kind of feel like he's being, he's being honest about these. Uh, oh, he yeah. does not come off. He does not as much as I hate this guy. He does not come off as someone who exaggerates things. Like he, he's very proud of what he's actually done. Yeah, he's very matter of fact. Like I yeah. said before, straightforward. Uh, fa- it's it's very factual. It's it's almost like he's he's a, a professor in a you know criminal justice class that's just telling you this is it. This is it. Matter of fact, done. Yeah, and this is also when. Um, now you can actually, this guy, I think he's actually, uh, he's on a couple of the different, uh, documentaries, but the police chief, uh, Richard, uh, Lamunion, I hope I'm not butchering that, but, uh, he is, uh, he actually would make it public to the public that this is going on. And he's even on like, you can find this. He's on a local, it might be cake TV for all I know. He's on a local TV thing and they're interviewing him about this. Uh, about the btk killer and i don't know if you saw this one but they uh during this broadcast they actually tried to do subliminal messaging did you see this no no yeah this is real zoned out and this is real so like during this interview on the on the uh, news station uh every so often they would quickly it's really quick like the the documentary slowed it down so you could see it uh it it really cool uh quickly would flash this image of the upside down glasses. Of course, when he would send them uh, letters, he would draw little pictures too. Hmm. And one of the pictures he drew was the glasses that were upside down of the little girl. And so they flashed that and said, call the chief is what it said. And they were hoping that it would work on and it. It didn't. Well, but that, say, that's weird. Yeah. But they tried that. I mean, this is how desperate they were. They didn't have any leads. He even said on that same interview, he goes, we, we don't have any leads uh, at all on this guy. Cause he was at this time, he was very good at it. And I hate to yeah. say that, but he was. Um, but, um, to me, this is just a scary because the next year, uh, April 28th, 1979, uh, he, apparently he waits inside of a house and there was a 63 year old woman who lived there mm-hmm. and, oh, this uh, is his but, neighbor four four houses down. Yeah. But she doesn't show up or something like that. So he waited in there for nothing and ends up leaving, but he sends her a letter letting her or know that he had done that. Oh, never mind. No, this yeah. is somebody else. Yeah. Okay. His, yeah, his victim, I think, is the neighbor. Yeah, and she, but she doesn't make it though. Um. But this is, but during this time, also, police are getting all kinds of tips. During this, they said they were getting like, uh, like hundreds of tips a day almost uh, yeah. on this thing, which is not unusual when it comes to this kind of stuff. Uh. Uh. But they would uh, also obviously replay, uh, the voice of BTK because he called that one time in. Uh, mm-hmm. So they have all kinds of stuff on him, but this is when we get to September 16th, 1986. Vicky, uh, I want to butcher this last name. I'm sorry. Wedgery uh, mm-hmm. is strangled in her home. And I think this is the, 
time where he's actually a Boy Scout leader. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. He's the he's a Cub Scout leader at this time, and yeah. the story goes that he's out on a camping trip with them, um, and it's a rainy night. It's a stormy, stormy night, and yeah, she's a she's a neighbor from four houses down, four or six houses down, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he ends up. You know, it's the end of the night. The kids are all going into sleep in their tents. And he decides I'm heading back. He goes back to Wichita, goes to the house. Yeah, he sneaks off. Nobody knows he he left. Nope. And then he, he he does this horrible thing that comes back and acts like everything's fine. But the and other the thing that's really, on, oh sorry, go ahead. The other thing I was gonna say, the other thing that's really weird about this, as if it can be strange enough, is he's not just doing these horrible things to these people, but he would even during these Boy Scout things, he would kind of sneak off. Yeah, and he would take pictures of himself like he would dig a grave yeah. and tie himself up in it and then take a picture of that or he would yeah. literally hang himself up and uh, and take all, a picture of that like dressed in women, up, yeah yeah dressed in uh, women's clothing and stuff so and wearing that woman's it's a woman's yeah. face as a mask it was well it's a mask but it's a woman's face uh, right yeah kind of creepy um so he could have been found out at any time honestly like he's lucky that nobody walked in on him doing that stuff Oh, oh yeah. I think there was one thing they were saying when he was out in the woods during the, one of these camping things, he had snuck away to do this. He was tied up and he thought he was going to suffocate to death. And he started freaking out because he thought, you know, they're going to find me. Like they're going to come looking for me and they're going to see me like this. But the, he ended up finally getting loose. But all of these pictures exist because he rigged up this system of like this camera on a tripod. And it had like, you know, the, the wire where you can go stand off to the side and then click it to take your shots. Um, and so he would do that. He'd get himself all bound up and, and, and crazy looking and take all of these shots of himself. But there's this one where, you know, the one where he thought he was going to die, there's pictures of him kind of falling down and, and him kind of coming undone from it. Uh, disturbing, very disturbing stuff. Um, I was going to say the last murder he did of the neighbor, the difference with this one, there was this one was different too in that he didn't leave her in the house to be found. He took oh, her. Oh, yeah. He ended yeah, up this one's her. actually, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he actually took her to the church. Yeah, and took pictures there. He'd set her up to take pictures there because she was a member of that church too, I yeah, believe. Right? Exactly. Uh, and she's she's the president pretty, of the congregation. She was a fairly prominent member of that church, if I'm yeah. thinking right. Yeah. And uh, he, so he took pictures of her. He'd set her up and took pictures of her in his church before dumping her outside near the church. On a ditch, in a ditch, they found yeah. her like weeks later or something, or days later. I don't remember how long they said, but uh. Yeah, dude, it was. It's just disgusting. Ugh. Yeah, and and church will come back in this. Uh, yeah. in this story. Um, so that's that's kind of where it ends for a while, right? Yeah, like you don't hear anything from this guy forever. I mean, for years. I mean, for thirty years, and I know it's thirty years for a fact because the only reason he starts writing. Oh, no, there was one more. I'm sorry, 1991. Oh, there was one more. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That's not uh, on my timeline for some reason. I don't know why it's not. Yeah, no. Her name is De, uh, Dolores Davis. Uh, they She was found uh, in 1991 in her uh, house in Park City. Um, and Raider had killed her as well in January 19th. So she had been there for weeks before being found. Um, and it, it's, you know, it was just kind of like that last, that, that was it. And then, like you said, quiet. You know, 1991, 92, 93. We're going through the 90s. Like all, right. all of the 90s happens. You know, Y2K happens, year 2000, you know what I mean? Nothing. And everybody's just in there. I saw in this documentary, there was some news things that they would show, uh, even as early as like 2001 or 2002, saying, you know, 
this guy had never been caught. He could still be out there, you know, just be still be careful. Because before they said before he hit, Wichita was the kind of town where you left your doors open, you know, um, it, it wasn't a big deal. You left keys in your car. Uh, but after he hit, it became a um, habit for a lot of women when they came home to immediately check their phones to make sure they had a, a tone, a dial tone. Oh, they even said that women would call before they went home yeah. and have the police come out and check their whole house out. And they yeah. would make sure, the police would make sure to check, because one of his favorite places was the, the bedroom closet mm-hmm. to hide in. And they would literally go to these women's closets with their guns drawn just in, yeah. in case. Yeah. So the whole 90s passed by, right? All of the 90s, 2000s. Um, 2004 yeah then we hit 2004 and apparently uh it was was probably cake i don't know if this for sure but one of the local stations ran a whole thing about like it's been 30 something years or something it's like an anniversary of when we last heard from this guy the remembrance of of what you know our our town had gone through kind of a thing it was also still wasn't solved yeah maybe Um, did he get arrested already or did he yeah they thought gone they thought either he was he had left or he had gotten arrested or he was dead they thought it was one of those things because they just didn't hear from him. And that was incredibly unusual for a serial killer to do. But yeah. uh, on March 19th, 2004, the Wichita Eagle gets a letter that contains a photocopy of one of the murder victim's driver's uh, license mm-hmm. and pictures of her body. And the police obviously know this is BTK. Yep. So he's saying, hey, I saw, I, I was watching TV. I saw what you said. Hey, uh, I'm still here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but here is where it gets weird. He tries to do this cute thing again where he is telling the police all this stuff, but he's making it like it's a clue, like it's a game of clue or something where you got to go to the such and such place and find it in a cereal box. Like he would take little Barbie dolls and stuff and put them in a cereal box. And, you know, cause he's a quote unquote serial killer and he thought he was being really funny. And he'd take these Barbie dolls and like bind them up in positions that yeah. the the victims he'd already killed before, like in those positions. So people would know like he, this is the guy, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, so he would do this and stuff, but then this is the greatest thing ever in my opinion. And he decides that he wants to send more. Right. Yes. But now we've gotten to the age of it's no longer typewriters and stuff uh, and sending photocopies. Like he would, his thing he would do before this is he would go to the library and he would use like the public stuff. So it was really hard to trace because so many people would use this stuff and who would, you know, used it. Uh, but you know, now we're getting to the, the times where everybody has a computer mm-hmm. and he sends a letter to them saying, Hey, and it literally says this, it says, Hey, if I send you a, uh, a floppy disk would you be able to trace it be honest yeah <laughs> he literally tells the police hey if i send you this could you trace this and you got to be honest with me now I mean, don't you dare lie to me and the police answer in the newspaper yeah and they say sure buddy sure it's safe go ahead yeah go right ahead we won't be able to tell a thing of course this whole time they're going to tr- track the you know the freaking crap out of this thing and the idiot the moron says okay and Fe- literally sends them one. He sends yeah. them a floppy disk. February 16, 2005, he sends the Fox TV affiliate, uh, KSAS TV in Wichita, a 1.44 megabyte. Think about that, dude. 1.44 megabytes. Like, slow down with that space, okay? Yeah. Uh, um, a Memorex floppy disk, um, which he told, he told them, we, we'll have a lot of stuff, but, you know, just let me know. Are you going to trace it? Because if you can, then I'm not going to send it to you. I, no, think yeah, the, yeah, yeah. 
I think the thing that he sent them was a test. I think he said he was sending a test. Oh, was it? Uh, so there was. It didn't contain a lot of stuff, but it did contain. It had enough. It had enough in which, like, because he had a document mm-hmm. in it, and I think the document just basically said, "Hey, I'm, this is a test." Like it was literally just something like that. Uh, I'm just testing to see if this works, type of thing. Mm-hmm. But you could trace it. Like you could trace where that came from, because. Well, here's the, here's the, actually the thing. They didn't trace that one. There was a del- in the in the metadata, it showed that there was a file that had been deleted. So they were able to go in and and get information off of that document that was already deleted that contained the words Christ Lutheran Church, and it said last modified by Dennis. Yes, he was he was marked as the last person to have logged into that computer at the church and modified that document before deleting it. Yeah, so literally his name's on it, and where he's sending it from is on there. And then they look up this church, and they find out there's a guy there named Dennis Rader who is a very prominent member there. I forgot what he is, but he's like in a position of leadership there. Yeah, he was like the president of the congregation or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like something like that, uh, where he had computer access, and he was sending all this stuff from this church. And I honestly couldn't even imagine, if you remember this church, how you'd feel. Right. Uh, and that's but, not enough though, right? Because there's nothing in it except, you know, people have been sending them things saying they were BTK also, right, yeah. and they'd have to figure out it wasn't. So they get this letter saying it's BTK. I'm going to send you this. Be honest with me. So they get a disc that, that, you know, again, doesn't have much. It has this stuff. And they're like, yeah, let's go check it out. Um, but they can't really do anything with it yet. Right. Because you can't just go in just because that's what there was, that's it's, it was a, a, a document that was deleted they had to get DNA evidence because DNA had been collected at all of these crime scenes. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't shy about leaving his DNA at places. That's for sure. So the uh, weird way they get, I think the, the way they got it was weird yes. to me, dude. It feels so like invasive. Doesn't it? It feels so weird. It's really strange. And if he wasn't such a, a menace to society, I would probably have more of an issue with it. Yeah. But um, basically his daughter, cause they found his name, like we said, yeah, they knew he had his family, and his daughter mm-hmm. had had uh, what was it? Uh, she'd gotten something pap, done. Pap smear at yes, Kansas yes. State University. So they had her her DNA. Yeah, and they could tell, and they could test it and see if the DNA found at these crime scenes was related to her or not. And it was obvious that it was. So they bring, mm-hmm. so they arrest him, and they bring him in. And at first, he's kind of cagey about it, but eventually, he just lets it all in. And goes, you can actually see this. Like you can, there's videos of this. He goes. Yeah, you got me. It's me. It's BTK. Like he yeah. basically says that like it's going to be a humongous reveal, and that these cops are going to be blown backwards by this. They already knew it anyway. They knew it was him. Yeah, and he's all uh, very much like, huh? I guess you got me. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. say that when he was arrested, the officer asked him, "Mr. Raider, do you know why you're going downtown?" He replied, "Oh, I have a suspicion. Why?" Yeah. This guy, yeah. dude. Good gosh. So arrogant. Yeah, but the way he was caught was so stupid, but he'll never admit it, I guarantee it. Right, but, right. Uh, so I think one of the creepiest parts about this, though, and we kind of alluded to it already, uh, is when he's actually in court and the judge is talking to him in court. Uh, and you can find this whole thing, like his whole, it's almost, it's about 45 minutes long, somewhere around in there. Uh, but I think his actual confession was like three hours long or something. Like he just kept mm-hmm. talking and talking. But there's about a 45-minute long video of just him telling the judge all his crimes, and it's very matter-of-fact, like Chris said earlier. But the part that really chills me is you can see in his head what he's trying to think. He's thinking of it as like like if you, are, you or I is going to the grocery store, and we'd forgotten our list, and we're trying to remember what's on the list, and we're going, hmm, like that. You're trying to think. Yeah. He literally does that. He makes like a, a 
type yeah, of noise. It's so weird, dude. It's so weird. Yeah, and so it is weird. awful because these are people's lives. Yeah, they um, said that um, during this time, uh, Massachusetts psychologist Robert Mendoza was hired by Raiders court-appointed public defenders to conduct a psychological evaluation because they were trying to see if they could go with a, a, an insanity-based defense. Right. Uh, he conducted the interview, and they, he diagnosed him with narcissistic, antisocial, and obsessive-compulsive personality disorder. He observed that Raider has a grandiose sense of self, a belief that he is special and therefore entitled to special treatment, a pathological need for attention and admiration, a preoccupation with maintaining rigid order and structure, and a complete lack of empathy for his victims. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to say I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I have to say I'm glad they got him. <laughs> yeah, and it's his own stupidity that got him caught in the end. He thought he was so smart, and yet the one time he was really stupid is when he gets caught, and I'm so glad yeah. for that. Uh, and then the uh, daughter wrote the lucky. book just recently. Last year she wrote the book, uh, The Daughter of the BTK Killer or The Daughter of a Cellular Killer or something like that. Um, yeah, he responded. He yeah, responded I was going to say, did that? you see his, resp- his response? I, I didn't get to watch it. I saw the video. I don't know if you watched it or not. It's really short, it did. but I didn't have time to watch it. So what did well, he say? Put it this way. You know, the news wanted to know his thoughts on it. So yeah. he wrote them a letter, a four-page letter. Oh, gosh, yeah. Numbered in the corner, each page numbered. Uh, each paragraph starts with a specific symbol, which is weird. It's all ordered, but he just goes off. He, he mentions zero about any victims, about any of that stuff. He just talks about you know, how he's doing in the, in the prison. He calls the place a cave, uh, in reference to his daughter, you know, he says he, he loves her and, and he wishes her well. And that, you know, basically she should be, she has the right to write this book because, you know, it's, it's her helping other people who have to go through these kinds of things. And like, and he talks about like, Hey, you know, if you want to call me or write me, go ahead. I, I, I like the attention. Good gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah, it's That's, uh, Dennis Rader, the BTK killer. Yeah, so he's called. He's in jail, obviously. Um, he pleaded guilty, I believe. So, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it, he didn't deny it. Like he entered yeah. a plea of guilty he's immediately. Proud. He was proud. He was proud of it. Yeah, he wanted to stand there and go through. Every, and that's the thing. It was 2005 during the trial, and the judge, you know, is to make sure he's he he understands what he's pleading guilty to. Has to literally go through each of the murders. He has to. You know, he's not going to just say, okay, you said guilty, let's leave. He has to get on record that what you're saying guilty to is all this stuff. And that's yeah. what that confession is. He goes through the, each of the murders, discusses it, and it's just... Oh, and by the way, know. while he's doing this, their family members are in, in the court. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my God. But thankfully they, get, thankfully, they get to say something to him at the end. But Oh, yeah. I, like, I think that was way, way, way more for them uh, yeah. because I guarantee he didn't care. No, uh, not at all. He doesn't care. He's a piece of garbage, but... Basically, he would have got away with it, but he didn't. But he didn't because he's yeah. stupid. There you go. Yeah, he's a great A moron. Thank, thankfully. There you go. Um, do you think that if he hadn't have gotten to, uh, if he hadn't have thirsted for attention so much, if he would have actually uh, been like the Zodiac killer and kind of gotten away with it his whole life? Yeah, probably. Um, I, I think also so too. think that if he hadn't been stupid with the floppy disks, he probably would have started again. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I just think the so cat too. and mouse uh, letters wouldn't have been enough to fulfill what he was looking for. And you brought up earlier that there were long periods of time where he wasn't doing things. And they said that it was probably because 
had gotten so much of these different memorabilia from these houses yeah. uh, and these people and their clothing. And, and they found like this treasure, treasure trove of just Polaroids and all of these things that he kept in a, in a, in a of all things, a clubhouse, a tree house. That he uh, built for his kids. Yeah. And he it's hid all it kept there. there. He was yeah. in there with the photos of himself in there all tied up doing all this stuff. But they think that, you know, he kept himself, that weird side of himself kind of satisfied with yeah. all of that. Uh, so like, yeah, like I said, because the media gave him just a little bit more attention again, it jumped, started the thing where he contacted. And if he had not been dumb, I guarantee, dude, he would have gone on and started killing again just to start fulfilling that need. And then that so want too. for attention too. Well, even when he was called, he said he had another victim planned. Oh, there uh, you go. There so, um, like he had one picked out. He had somebody picked out. Wow. Um, they never made that name public, but they did go and t- tell this person that. And, uh, man. I don't even know, That'd man. be some news. I, I don't, would you want to know? I don't think I'd no. want to know. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, why tell me? Unless he broke yeah. out of prison, then come at me and be like, yo. So, just so you yeah. know, the dude that just broke out, yeah, you were on his list before we got him. Yeah, oh. then tell me. I'm with you. Yeah. Then tell me, but, but if, he's call, he's going, dude. <laughs> yeah, if he's called, dude. Yeah, if he's called, not going anywhere. Uh, I'm fine being ignorant. Yeah, no when thanks. It comes to that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. that's so that's BTK. Yeah. Uh, he would have gotten away with it, but I don't know. He certainly he's didn't. An idiot. Chris, yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> yes, Chris. I think this uh, first episode about true crime from the history creeps people was a resounding success. What about you? Yeah, if I had to give us a review, I'd say it was five stars. So uh, how about you, which Creepers, you give do. us a review? Yeah, yeah. which you should do on uh, iTunes, please. We very much appreciate it. We haven't done that in a long time, dude. Head over to Apple Podcasts and make sure to review our show. Leave us comments on there. I did go recently to kind of see what some more comments were, and I saw there was a couple on there I hadn't seen before. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, leave us comments. Please give us a, a five-star review. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, we keep promising Patreon episodes. Uh, because but you know what, we, we want to try to build that up. Uh, we thought, you know what, we'll also give you a lot of new different things like this new show under the History Creeps banner uh, for free to kind of keep you guys held over till we uh, are able to release some of the new content we have. Ready to yeah, go. we legit have stuff recorded for it. <laughs> it's ready to go, man. It's ready. It's well, it's not yeah. ready to go. We still have a few more things to do and finish it up. Because I want to make sure we give them chunks. You know what I mean? Like here, yeah. no matter what, you, you're getting what you need every week, even if we didn't get together. So. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a, a big thank you to all you listeners, um, this show and honestly, this whole network that we're on had a really good month. Oh yeah. Uh, we've, we cannot thank you all enough for listening to us. It means a lot. We very much appreciate it. Dude. I love our creepers, dude. I, I do love, too. I have a very, very, very special place in my heart for our creepers. Uh, anytime they reach out to us, dude, it just, it makes me happy. You know, any kind I of feel, interaction. I feel very fortunate and lucky. So yeah. Because uh, I love to talk, and the fact that anybody would remotely want to listen is pretty fantastic to me. There you go. Yeah. Uh, there was two things I wanted to say also uh, that I am planning on doing is we do have our Facebook page, History Creeps. Make sure you follow it. We release all of our episodes on there every every time we have an episode up. Um, but what I want to do also is create a, a History Creeps group. We're going to have a Creeper Club uh, clubhouse group where creepers can come in to and, and interact with each other, post things, share things with each other. Uh, we'll interact with you guys as well through there, uh, but it'll be a private group. So uh, as soon as I have that up and launched, I'll let everybody know on our history creeps page, go on request entry uh, and we'll let you in. Uh, but if you're too much of a creeper, we're kicking you out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to have a creeper clubhouse where, you know, all of our creepers can go and have a good time and, and talk about these things and maybe have these discussions about episodes that they heard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
And the reason I say that now is because I got the idea from, uh, there's a new podcast I listened to and I wanted to give them a shout out. It's a true crime kind of podcast as well. A true crime and, and I think they do weird and unexplained. Most of this, oh yeah, they do because they dated the Annabelle doll and the weird cursed objects. Um, it's called, what is it? Oh, We Would Be Dead. No, that's great. Yes. I, I'm just like, hey, I know who they are. And then I'm like, oh, what's it called again? You, look, uh, you told me about this podcast three or four times and you're going to forget the name. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, no, We Would Be Dead. It's a great podcast. It's uh, really good. Yeah, the two yeah. ladies that do it, it they t- they're phenomenal hosts. They tell such great stories. Very engaging. Yeah, they're really um, they entertaining. Were, they actually have a group as well where their listeners all interact. And I was just like, how did we have do that for our creepers yeah so smart <laughs> so that's coming and also go check out the show uh, we would be dead it's a very very entertaining show uh, other than that dude i'm out i'm done with with this one i'm leaving the clubhouse i gotta go take a shower because this btk stuff is just uh yeah so. yeah i feel gross and i don't want to give this man any more attention because it does not deserve it so uh, thank you again uh, i guess i'll flip off the lights here and uh, until next time uh you won't get away, to get away with it. <laughs> Try to get away with it. Yeah. That's horrible. We'll figure something out. Yeah.